Welcome, everybody, to Pick and Roll, the NBA discussion and betting show on the board YouTube channel and always powered by the Hammer Betting Network. You can visit thehammer.bet for all of your sports betting needs. But for the NBA content specifically, you need to be subscribed to this channel, the board YouTube channel, where we're on a road to 1,000 subs. Want to get there the next couple of weeks. There's 75 to go. So if you're enjoying the content, please make sure you are subscribed to the channel. But as we always do, let's get a start off. Let's start off the stream today with the recap of yesterday's bet. Unfortunately, it was an 0-2 day to start the week here. Let's look into what went down from these plays. Pips, um, first of all, I guess we'll go to the the one and a half unit play here on the Steph Curry, Devin Booker. Uh, it was definitely a Clay Thompson sort of game. Curry got close, but uh, didn't quite get over. Uh, any thoughts here? Yeah, it was first half. It was Clay Thompson. Second half for Jordan Poole, they were up by 20 for most of the game and Curry just let Clay cook and let Poole get his shots. First first half, Clay Thompson 15 field goal attempts, Curry 7. Second half, Jordan Poole 15 field goal attempts, Curry 7. So yeah, that's that's not... I, I expected this game to be very more close. So it that it it like it needed Curry take over for the win, but never happened because Clay when he gets into into this zone, everyone just feeds him and let him cook. And when he started so aggressively, I knew like this won't end well. Curry had 15 points at the half, so we only needed 11 points in the second half, and. Suns get a bit closer, so I expected Curry to to, to at, at the half time I expected Curry to cover, but yeah, second half wasn't as good as the first one, and one three short of covering this line. I mean, this one and a half unit bets not going great yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate, but I think it was a great spot for for both of these guys. And yeah, Booker easily scored 32 points, covered this in third quarter, but Steph never gets there. And the second one is like unbelievable, like like so many things went. So the second one is Tyus Jones and Desmond Bain. We Desmond Bain gets there, scores 23 points, but Tyus Jones. So the I watched the entire game. So the the Tyler Jones was playing in like uh, Desmond Bain was main was main ball handler, while and Tyler Jones was standing in the corner. So like they switched they switched uh, the roles, and somehow Desmond Bain was running the point. Never expected that. Desmond Bain ended up with seven assists, and Tyler Jones had three. He had three assists on 11 potential assists. I will say, like, I will say realistically 15 potential assists. So he had still without running the point, he said still so many chances to, to, to cover this. But as I said, when, when you see like Ty Jones standing in the corner and there were some Dylan Brooks reps as a ball handler, like it was crazy. And like there were like four straight uh Tyus Jones to Dylan Brooks passes for a wide open three. And of course, Dylan Brooks breaks all four. And then he makes three straight on the Desmond Bain pass with two hands in the face. So yeah, that that's just absurd game. So 
Yeah. So, uh, Owen today, unfortunate for that. We're hoping to get it back today. There is three plays available for you guys today. Uh, we'll get into these in just a second here, making a, a small adjustment. There's actually better odds available on one of the plays before we can get this out. So, uh, let's go to the official bet segment of today's show. Three official plays. As I said, it's a very loaded Tuesday slate, which is a little bit unusual, but let's go through it now and give you guys the first one here going to the Bucks and the Suns. DeAndre Aiden over 17 and a half points, which is minus 122 odds at FanDuel. Uh, then we'll move into the second play here. We're going to bet 365 for this play, a rare bet 365 play. And we're going with Darius Garland over 21 and a half points for minus 120 odds. And finally, we move into a same game parlay here involving my Raptors going against the Jokic. Uh, Jokic led Denver Nuggets tonight. We're going with an under here, under Nikola Jokic for 26 and a half points and a hurdle 10 plus points play here. Those are your three plays here. And now with those ones, if you guys want to lock those in right now, while you can get the best price, just checked in. Those are all available. Uh, we're going to go to Pip so he can take us through all these bets and why he likes them. So first of all, we'll start with uh, the Bucks play or the Suns play that involves DeAndre Ayton. So this one, we, we had this bet last time. They played, and it's the same spot. Uh, early, early to mid-range, shorter with drop coverage, against the drop coverage. If you take a look at the last couple of games, like the underrated is like last four games against the, the Bucks for 20, 27, 30, and 22 earlier this season. So he gets 20 field goal attempts from the mid-range and some in game, some shots inside. And like we saw Sabonis cooking last night and like Chris Paul and Devin Booker running pick and roll with Aiton will be the main offense tonight. And Aiton will should have a ton of ton of uh, good looks. And in the, over the last 17 games without KD, if we exclude four games with that KD played, Aiton actually gone over this line in 15 out of the last 17. So, yeah, and last night he was amazing. And, yeah, they just need to involve Aiton more now that KD is is, is is hurt. And last two games without KD, 22 against the Kings and 27 against the Golden State Warriors. So I think this is a great spot at 17 and a half for the under eight. Yeah, yeah, makes uh, makes a lot of sense for that one. Uh, we were talking about even with KD, they need to get DeAndre Ayton a little bit more involved. But without him, uh, a good spot here for Ayton down low. Let's move now into the second play here. Uh, Cavaliers at the Hornets. And we have Darius Garland over 21.5 points for minus 20 at 365. Um, you've gone to Garland a lot this season, and they've gone against the Hornets a lot this season. What do you like about this play? So uh, I just watched the last game and he scored 28 points while shooting four. So he shot eight from 20 and was 10 for, missed three free throws and still still scored 28 points. So I'm just like, okay, like this is a great spot for Darius. Uh, they did some blitzes and hedges on the screens on Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell had a pretty poor game for his standards. So if they focus more on on, on, on Mitchell with Jared Allen out, uh, Evan Mobley had foul trouble for I don't know how many consecutive games in the in, in the row. 
So it will be like a lot of down to Davis Garland scoring. And if he has this kind of usage, like 20 field goal items and 13 free throws, like he is clearing this line easily. And yeah, uh, Uber is getting back. So Hornets should be a bit better than they were last time. They have more offensive weapons. Allen is still out for, for the Cavs and they are on the road. The last game was very close. They, the Cavs were losing like 47 minutes of the 48 minutes of the game and end up winning at the end. So I like Garland tonight. Yeah, makes a lot of sense there. Again, you've gone against the Hornets quite a bit this season. So uh, this one certainly makes sense. But let's move now into the third official play for today's show. And uh, we're going against Nikola Jokic here, and we're taking the Jakob Pertl matchup in this one, or maybe some extra matchups that the Raptors throw Jokic's way, going with the same game parlay here. Uh, what do you see for this one? So I'm betting Jokic under because I already watched the, like, not, not the entire game, but a lot of the game, of the last game, and we spoke about it prior to this, to this show. Mm-hmm. And last two games, he had 37 and 35. But that, that those were games when no one could like stop him, like no size at all, like Claxton and uh, Collins, like just just very poor uh, defense, and he just killed them like unbelievable. Uh, game against the Raptors, he had eight field goals. Like that was like uh, if that was yeah. a blowout, I will ignore it. But it was a very close game. Like they were down for like most of the game yeah and came back in the in the fourth to win it they won last quarter by 10 i don't know like what, what happened there so that they scored 35 in the last quarter usually raptors in the last quarter are like one of the best defensive teams in the league uh, it was in the last five. i mean nuggets played well the raptors kind of struggled also the the uh, let's say the officiating from scott foster certainly yeah, yeah. did not help <laughs> yeah so it's it was a very slow paced game, but uh, the shots were falling. But Nikola Jokic had eight field goal items, and I know three were putbacks, like he missed two and scored one, and that's like three out of the eight. And one was like expiring shot clock, step back three yeah. over, <laughs> and he made. It. And yeah. with all this, he scored still scores only seventeen points. And they were, they started the game with Jacob on him, but I they went a couple of times to OG on him, and they didn't double team like him. I already watched like a couple of minutes of, of of these positions when he has the ball. Like they didn't double him team heavily, but when he was in a good spot, they 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 sent help. And I actually loved the OG Anunobi matchup on, on Nikola Jokic. He he had troubles with these kind of moves throughout the the couple of seasons, last couple of seasons. So I think he could struggle tonight. And like Jacob Well, one-on-one matchup is like no one can stop Jokic one-on-one, but Poyotl is one of the players that can resist a, a, a bit. And Jokic is not forcing, wasn't forcing the last game. So I I just don't expect him tonight. And if he starts cooking Nurshus to send double teams. Like he he won't like if Nikola Jokic scores like three easy buckets in the first couple of minutes that he will get double teamed like that's yeah <laughs> that's for sure yeah 
Nurse won't want to lose. If Jokic gets going, I don't think he'll want to lose to Jokic in this one. Yeah. And, uh, and also, away from home uh, as well. I think Puerto scored 18 points. Well, like one of the easiest games of the season for oh. Puerto on offense. Yeah. Like Jokic was just unbelievable, terrible. It was on just defense, terrible. Yeah. Like that's one of the worst games of Jokic on defense. And yeah, pick and roll with Fred Van Fleet is working like a charm. And I think they just need to go back to it. And minus for Jacob should be like sir sure. Maybe if he gets into the foul trouble, but he didn't have any 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 foul problems in the first game. And also, if he gets into foul trouble, they'll just put uh, OG on Jokic, and that should work. And but they need him on the floor, and he, he needs to play 30 minutes. And he played 30 plus minutes in in the fourth straight, I think four or three straight games. So like. He just needs to get minutes, and he'll score these points easily. And the way they they are defending, like Djokic, how he's like he is not even contesting Fred Van Fleet mid range or three point, but he's allowing his big to go like near him, by him, like yeah. So he he doesn't do anything. Like he just stand up in the middle. So if some adjustment could be him going higher in the pick and rolls. So that will be even better for for Jacob Poyle. Yeah, a lot of the fourth quarter where it was going well for the Raptors was they're running the pick and roll. And like there's three straight possessions. They went to Pearl down low and Jokic couldn't stop him. So uh, I imagine that'll keep Pearl on the floor quite a bit, as you mentioned. Um, defensively, Pearl does a great job. As you said, you can't stop Jokic. But what some people maybe don't watch the Raptors very much, and you alluded to this, that OG defends Jokic very, very well. And in the the years, the couple seasons where the Raptors didn't have a center, really, OG always did the job on Jokic. And typically, it was a lot of doubling. So OG would stand him up. As soon as Jokic turns his back to the rim, then somebody like Fred Van Vliet would double on the ball, and they would force kickouts and rotate out. So it's long been the plan with Nick Nurse here to make Jokic's life very difficult to score. And I imagine that will continue today. And we know Jokic as this somebody who is willing to just let the ball go to his teammates when things aren't quite going his way here. So uh, we can certainly see that again today with those three plays. So we'll recap those a little bit later on in the show. Today's discussion piece, I wanted to talk about James Wiseman. So uh, James Wiseman, we kind of made fun of this trade in going to the Pistons. Uh, But since he's joined the Pistons, he's been offensively, at least, he has been very, very good. In his last four games, uh, I'll read out the stat lines from his last four games. 18 points, 14 rebounds, three blocks. 16 points, nine rebounds, one block. 16 points, 13 rebounds, one block. 21 points on 10 of 13 shooting with two blocks. So, Pips, um, you and me are both not very uh, fond of, let's say, James Wiseman uh, (laughs) for his defense. But what do you make of this statistical surge in these recent games? And do you think this holds any sort of value to potentially – not necessarily reviving his career, but like finally starting his career, jump starting his career. Last four games were the best matchup the center can have in the NBA. Like he played against the Wizards, very well known for letting big cooks, Hornets, and two times against the Pacers without Miles Turner. 
so like you can get easy, better matchups than these. Like I, I think like 95% of the centers in the NBA will make will have these numbers. I, it is what this is. Like earlier in the season, he also had a big game, 23 points against the Hornets. He had 12 points against the Blazers. So like best match. Like if you just take. The top five teams that allow the most points to opposing centers and the rebounds, those are these five teams. So, like, that's just it. Like, he played against the Bulls, 30 minutes, seven points. Against the Vucic, who is not a great defensive player. Then he played against the Cubs, 24 minutes, three points. Like, that's... I think it's just the matchups were great for him and he thrived in there. Everyone was out for, for the Pistons, so they needed to go to him. Killian Hayes by running point and creating some good looks for him with it through the pick and roll. So I don't think he's quite did anything great there. Like he was great in those spots, but I just don't see it. Like I, I need to see like some matchup. Like give me like I don't know Bucks, Cavs, uh, Miami Heat, like Celtics. Like some some not like like below below average matchup on offense against good defense and if you see him that he can hold on his own on defense and do average uh, at least on offense that will be great better than this I don't know like 18 points against the Indiana Pacers without anyone like the, the these two games last two games Pacers and Pistons. But like G League type of games, <laughs> yeah, everyone was out. Like if you take a look, like every, like uh, like out of ten regular starters, like eight were out in those games. So for both teams, so yeah, it was. And if you watch those games, like the quality of basketball was very very low. Yeah, I I, I won't go as far as this comment from Steven saying they don't count because he's on the Pistons. I think they I mean they obviously count, and I think there's some okay maybe get a little bit of confidence back but for for a team that's tanking late season that really has no intention on winning games maybe just trying to give him touches give him his his minutes and try to boost that confidence develop him a little bit I mean I, I'd have to see this in a lot more of meaningful games for it to hold a ton of value for me I'd also have to see some sort of sus- sustainability from this because the offensive stuff has always kind of been there for the player. It's the fact that he's a complete black hole on defense. That was the biggest problem with Golden State. Like in this current NBA, if you can play defense in the modern NBA, you're going to find your spot on a team. As much as, you know, the game is so offensively driven, there are guys with no offensive bag whatsoever who play defense and are still in the NBA. PJ Tucker is like one of the best uh has like some of the best plus minus numbers in the in the nba this guy goes like five games in a row without scoring a basket um who else uh matisse seibel a guy who struggles who struggles to score a lot but he plays defense isaac okoro can't shoot the basketball but starts for the cleveland cavaliers and gets a lot of minutes there and he's a good defender so that that's the biggest thing as it comes to james wiseman but offensively you know it's maybe it's nice to be in a position like this we were talking about rj barrett a couple weeks ago and you know thinking maybe he should go on a lesser team where he can get more touches and just boost his ability a bit and maybe this works out for wiseman but yeah i won't uh <laughs> I, i'm not going to go too far with all these these stats i'll also say like it's unfortunate to see 
Jalen Duran playing 20 minutes on the game because Wiseman yeah. is a construction. Uh, like, I understand the part, like, okay, we played Duran and we know what he's capable of. So let's give like 10 games for James, James Wiseman to see if we have anything there. Like, that makes sense. But I don't, I don't think underplaying great player at such a young age does anyone a service. Like you can develop Duran and that he becomes one of the best defense, like best overall picks in the league. Like he has potential to be there. Like he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he's way better than Wiseman. I agree. And Jalen Durant, I think he's like 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. he's 19 years old. I, I mean, I will be prioritizing him. I understand. Look, they got they got Wiseman on a pretty like cheap deal, so it's like a very low risk sort of maneuver for them. But even even actually, no, I, it was they actually paid quite a bit for Wiseman. I can't remember the exact trade, but I think somebody gave up a lot of second round picks in that trade. I, I can't quite remember the exact way it worked out, but yeah, with Jalen Duran the way he's playing, I would definitely go towards him. As you said, they're just seeing what they can get out of Wiseman. Maybe they're getting some offensive flashes here, uh, but at some point, like if the Pistons want to commit to winning, um, I'm just not so sure if James Wiseman can or should be involved with that. And, you know, I think it's okay to have Wiseman just to look, but when we, we were talking about the trade deadline, it's okay to get him, but why are you starting him now? Why are you putting him over uh, during the way the way he's been playing? So they started like against the Pacers, the greatest of it, the greatest combo like for front court oh. with Begley and, and Wiseman. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that was fun. Like not yeah. not being able to stop like one possession. <laughs> it it seems. <laughs> It seems like the Pistons are, uh, you know, I understand a lesser team taking a low risk flyer on a player who was drafted high has potential, you know, Bagley fits that Wiseman fits that, but at some point, like there has to be at least some sort of commitment to trying to win games, which, you know, maybe it's, it's the team, maybe give them a few years. Maybe it's Dwayne Casey a little bit, all these things, but yeah, uh, (laughs) I, I yeah, Jalen Duran not getting all these extra minutes when this would be the best time to get the give him all these minutes. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, you know, we'll see how that goes for the rest of the season. What Wiseman can do, but that should pretty much wrap up our show. Let's go into the recap of today's official picks. First of all, uh, given out earlier, Bucks at the Suns with DeAndre Aiden over seventeen and a half points for minus one twenty two odds at FanDuel. Second official play. Going to 365 for this one. Cavaliers are visiting the Hornets, and we want Darius Garland over 21 and a half points for minus 120 odds. And finally, in the Nuggets and Raptors game, Nicole Jokic under 26 and a half points, paired with Jakob Pertle, 10 plus points. Pertle on his milestone line there, and that is minus 110 at DraftKings. That has been your Tuesday show. We're going to be back as we are every single weekday tomorrow for more pick and roll, hopefully recapping a winning day here. But We go live every morning, so make sure you are subscribed to the Board YouTube channel. Drop a like if you enjoyed. And myself and Pips, we will see you tomorrow.